When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine, and we are recording this on Thursday. Celtics are officially in the bubble. We are uh, exactly two weeks from the scheduled restart of the NBA season. So today we're going to go at it and tackle 10 random bubble questions. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That is at Winning Plays Pod. I'm going to shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. Uh, B Rob and Mike, 10 questions. We're going to do four minutes for each. All right. We don't want to make this a crazy pod where we go for two hours. So I'm just going to jump into it. Uh, first question. I'm going to start with Mike here. All right. Beautiful. Uh, Michael Pina, which Celtics player is most likely to violate the bubble and uh, be reported by the, by the snitch hotline that's up and running? So right before we started to record, uh, I took a look at this question and I texted you guys that the obvious answer had to be Ennis Cantor. But upon further reflection and how you kind of worded that, Rich, the whole idea of reporting someone anonymously is to get them in trouble. And if I'm a player or a coach on a different team... I don't really care if Enes Kanter gets in trouble or gets suspended. You'd prefer he doesn't, probably. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't even know what the exact opposite of calling in, in the anonymous hotline and reporting Enes Kanter would be, probably doing absolutely nothing and throwing your phone out the window. But <laughs> I think if I were uh, you know, someone who works for the Sixers or the Raptors or the Bucks or whoever— I would, you know, I, I was thinking about that photo that the Celtics took as a team wearing the Duke shirts for Kara uh, Lawson, who was recently named the women's uh, head basketball coach at Duke. And the only player, only person in that photo um, w- without a mask was Jalen Brown. So all of a sudden, he just shoots up to the top of my power rankings <laughs> of players that I think will most likely get called out on on the anonymous tip hotline. B-Rob, B- uh, has Jalen been on one of those group Zooms yet? Like, can you guys ask him about that? Because it seemed, it, it wasn't accidental, right? Like, I mean, well, clearly, I, you could see the mask was in his hand. But oh, clearly, you could? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I thought you could. But, like, clearly everyone decided before the picture that they were going to be wearing their masks. And, I mean, it's a great <laughs> smile. You can't, you can't knock Jalen's smile. He looks great. But uh, that was a weird, I don't know if it was a statement. It was, it was weird. Yeah, it's... Again, the the bubble protocols to me are still as we uh, see all sorts of video from down there of teams together and stuff. Like what's allowed and what's not allowed is very hazy to me in terms of the mask wearing. Since I think there was footage of Damian Lillard's dinner uh, last night that I saw somewhere in the bubble, and I mean it was clearly after dinner, and every no one in there had a mask on, um, which I assume is fine but maybe maybe it's just like hey we're eating but for that situation rich i agree it was like he was the one guy i assume maybe he like left it somewhere and it's like all right just take the picture whatever um i thought maybe... i saw it in his hand well we'll have to get Jeez, <laughs> if, if what a snitch, on that. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. 
But, well, I, I hate jail, and you guys know that. I'm, I'm the most. <laughs> do, do they accept outside calls for, for the hotline? That's what we need I mean, to get yeah, our hands you, on. See if you get that number. Um, but yeah, my answer is still Cantor, just because I worry that he would just document what would happen <laughs> when he's actually breaking the rules by <laughs> posting something to Instagram or one of his other social media channels. But. Um, or maybe, you know, wild card here could be uh, Tatum for just walking out of bounds on the golf course um, <laughs> and inadvertently I, breaking the bubble. I, I didn't fit this. We have some time. I didn't fit this into the, the top 10. But who is the best golfer on the Celtics? Pina, do you have a, do you have a thought on, on Jason Tatum's budding, uh, <laughs> budding golf career? You know, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, he tweeted today, I think, or recently, a photo of a broken golf club on the course i saw that yeah i mean what is the anger issues here i just i, I don't know how have you, have you ever played golf have i ever played golf yeah yeah i played in i played in high school so you understand the anger issues is the most frustrating no in the world especially no. when you're jason tatum and you're used to being great at everything you do it's a gentleman's game you're not supposed to be smashing golf clubs <laughs> and throwing bags and that sort of thing you got to keep it's a it's like a mental test though you got to keep your cool that's the beauty of golf so um that was just power mike he just hit the ball so hard yeah um uh noted enemy of the podcast jay king of the athletic (laughs) wrote a feature about uh jason tatum's burgeoning golf game a few weeks ago a glowing a glowing feature yes i spent uh the morning that morning when i saw as soon as he Sometimes, like, me and him, whenever one of us will tweet something out, we'll get a text literally within five seconds just trashing the tweet. And that's what happened. But I spent, like, the whole morning just t- just a tweet rainstorm on his head about, or I should say a text rainstorm, where I just, like, could not believe that this was a thing. Because picking up golf this late in life, and this is pretty late in life to pick up golf. It doesn't sound like it. And I know that he's like a world-class athlete and his form wasn't like the most, it was a pretty bad form, but it wasn't the most terrible form I've ever seen. It's tough but, when, you're that t- when you're that tall. You don't see many, you know. Yeah. And when you are tall, you do just like because of physics, you're able to swing harder and whatever. I understand all that. But like he's doing like half swings and the trainer's saying that he's, you know, consistently hitting it over 300 yards. I'm just like, is there something wrong with the ball? Like, is the club legal? Are you just like flat out lying? I'm very skeptical of all of this. And. I want to see, like, I want to see a short game. I want to see him putt. I want to see him chip. I want to see right. him try to get up and down. I just, there's like so many questions that I have about this, and I just can't accept that he's a good golfer. Well, right. we're going to have to, he's getting so many people to film his teammates to play with him down there. We're just going to have to request a live stream of a hole just to, for, just one for hole. Mike's, for Mike's, you know, critiquing here. I'll just say, I saw, I saw clips of, of Daniel Tice at the driving range today. That's one guy. You don't need him to come down with it with another injury. What was he doing? And, and he was, Kev he was, was just, out there too. He was just he was just swinging on the uh, swinging on the driving range. But like, if anyone's going to come down with major back problems from from uh, just just going out <laughs> in the driving range and trying to hit the shit out of the ball for yeah. the first time, like it's going to be Tice. All right, let's move on. Uh, and, uh, we've talked about Cantor. Another uh, dark horse, I think, for uh, violating the, the bubble is I think Robert Williams, um, just because. <laughs> Great candidate. He's, he's young, uh, you know, 
incorrigible. He's not, uh, you know, catching flights to the most important flights of his life. Like, yeah, I could totally see him just completely. I could see him honestly not knowing why he's in the bubble, uh, (laughs) whether or not there's a global pandemic happening. You, You might be breaking news to him on that front. So shout out to him just completely living in his own world. To yeah. be fair to him, he hasn't been late for anything. Since. I mean, it, he, he started with a bang. He started, no, but it, like, you know, there was, you'd think, okay, you missed a huge flight like that. That's going to be a, a big problem going forward. No, mm-hmm. he's he's shaped up. So, I don't know. I think he's he's locked in. I'm here and I'm, I'm going against Mike here. I'm okay, so question two, speaking of him being locked in, who is going to have a bigger impact on the court in the bubble? So let's, let's assume that, you know, we'll talk about this later, let's assume that somehow we play out this entire season in the playoffs. Who is going to have a bigger impact for the Celtics, Ennis Cantor or Time Lord? Uh, B-Rub, you take it. All right, I have two answers. The Celtics want it to well, be Well, there's time only one Lord. answer. There, there, well, there are two people. I mean, this is the, the answer <laughs> everyone wants it to be is Time Lord, but mm-hmm. the real answer is going to be Cantor. Um, I just think that with, again, this is assuming that Cantor's right and healthy again and mobile. And he actually had a pretty strong couple months, you know, before he suffered that hip injury and then really kind of fell apart in January and February with Rob Williams. So I just don't think he is healthy enough or just going to be able to like pick everything up enough, um, from a reliability standpoint, such on a defensive end, um, to to work his way in for consistent minutes. Is there is there talk of him not being physically one hundred percent, or is that like is, is his hip still an issue? No, Brad Stevens says he's full go, but with him, it's just like wait a couple weeks. Unfortunately, the way his career has gone so far in terms of his health. What do you think, Pina? I kind of think I would like to think that this is a matchup issue. So it really just depends on who the Celtics play in the playoffs, i.e. if they play the Philadelphia 76ers at any point in a playoff series. I think Cantor would be way more important Um, because, first of all, you can give him minutes against a team that doesn't really shoot a lot of threes, and he won't kill you on the defensive end. And he's just kind of their biggest, strongest dude at the five who can at least muscle Joel Embiid. So... I mean, we've been saying this for a while since he signed with the team, but I I think I like him the most in that particular matchup. But then, like, just generally, I might just go with Cantor because, like, as much as we want to make fun of him, uh, I just think he's been through more different types of situations and can handle this, like, really weird, unprecedented circumstance playing in a bubble that, like... I just I give the nod to veterans over young players. But you just said he lives in a bubble. You said the Time Lord lives in a bubble. <laughs> Who better to to right, withstand? But his, I know his bubble is outside the actual bubble though, and so there <laughs> okay. I don't know what the quantum physics there, how that all interrelates. But I, I I'm just going with Cantor. I think he'll you know I I think he just knows who he is more. He's more confident in his own. NBA ability than someone like Rob Williams who will just, you know, try to block every shot and just really be energized and on 10 at all times. So ideally, like B-Rob said, you would hope that someone as athletic with all the physical gifts that Rob Williams has would be the answer here, but I just don't think he is. 
Yeah, what do you think, I'm, Rich? Yeah, and I'm, I, it probably is Cantor. I was like, I am optimistic about Time Lord, though. And I think that the biggest thing, and I think it was Marcus Smart this week who said that he thinks the game's really starting to slow down for Williams. And that's really what it's all about, right? Once, once he, If he can get there, or once he gets there, once he gets to that point where the game slows down, and he's, again, he's not trying to block everything, he's understanding what's happening as opposed to just reacting with his insane athletic ability. Um, I got my hopes up a little bit that he's going to be able to play a significant role off the bench. And maybe it won't be as consistent as Cantor. And obviously there are so many variables here, but I'm going to say Cantor, but uh, I'm, I'm optimistic that, that uh, Time Lord will, will have his day and, or a couple days if, uh, as the Celtics make their <laughs> run. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, question three, where are we? Who will be Boston's second leading scorer? We're all, we're all assuming that, that Jason Tatum is going to lead the Celtics in scoring. He took the title from, from uh, Kemba at the end of the uh, the old regular season. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, Pina, this is you. Who is the, the, the Celtics' second leading scorer in this uh, the restart? I'm not going to get cute here. I'm saying Kemba Walker. I mean, that's his role. I understand all the physical issues and the lingering caution with the knee. But... Assuming that he'll be able to play and be ready to go uh, by the time the season kind of rolls around in a couple of weeks, and then by the time the playoffs roll around, and you would think that maybe they'll let him rest during these eight games too and be really easy with him. Uh, I mean, that's just like what he's here to do is score. Uh, that's his role, and he can score in buckets, and he can get to the line, and he can shoot pull-up threes, and... He's comfortable working off the ball, pin downs, wide pin downs. Uh, he can get to the rim. So, like, I just think he's he's the easy answer here, and I'm not going to get too – I'm not going to, like, muddy it up with someone like Jalen Brown. Guess what? I'm going to be cute, and I'm going to say Jalen Brown. Nice. Um, yeah, I just don't think Kemba is going to be on the floor long enough to be the second-leading scorer. Um at least during the seeding games. We'll see about the playoffs if they can get him. But even then, you know, if you're Brad Stevens playing him every other night and you want him to last, especially if you're going to lose Gordon Hayward for um, a few games in the conference finals, if you make it that far, then I'm probably keeping Kemba to 30 to 35 minutes as much as I can. And that means Tatum, Brown, and Hayward go up to 35 to 40 on a nightly basis, Rich, and I feel like out of that group, Jalen's the one who's probably going to take the be the most opportunistic in terms of scoring in that, him and Hayward. Yeah, and I, I had a, a couple of questions, but we'll save that because we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but I actually agree. I, I'm going to I'm gonna break the tie with Jalen. Um, I think, wow. I just think that I don't know, it just, it just seems that Kemba might be ready to, and it's crazy to say this, right? He's not even at, uh, through his first year with the team after signing the deal that he did, but maybe is ready to, to let those two guys take the lead a little bit. And um, that's not to say that there aren't going to be you know, plenty of games where he's the, not the leading scorer or the second leading scorer, but I just think it's a, it's a combination of, of Kemba maybe wanting to, to slow play it as he gets back into it and maybe for, for, the, for the whole run if, if he needs to, and Jalen just really being ready to explode after what he showed uh, in, the, in the old regular season and sort of the, the growth that he's made as a human being, it seems, uh, during you know, the, the pandemic and, and the, the protests and all that. It just seems that he's ready to take a similar leap than, than what Tatum made at, at the end uh, back in the winter. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 saying Jalen. Could I just jump in real quick and say uh, question to B Rob? 
if I were to, I want you to rank these two things in terms of what would make your eyes pop further out of your head. Uh, <laughs> when I said that uh, Kelly Olynyk was the worst draft pick of Danny Ainge's <laughs> tenure, or if I were to choose Romeo Langford for second leading scorer in the Celtics. Um, Romeo Langford. The fact that you even had to think about that, def- was, yeah, really says everything. No, but it is. It's because the argument was the argument was sound for Kelly, even though <laughs> it's it's totally wrong. <laughs> With Romeo here, it's just completely. Uh, uh, just I forgot you know, that Romeo was like a person until about twenty minutes ago. So. <laughs> hey, he could be. I know your fourth man off the bench sure. here if he. It's kind of scary. Needs, needs to make some threes. Yeah. Is there an X factor bench question? No, but we're going to see that for a future. But that's uh, that'd be my answer for that. All right, we're going to cut this one a minute short. That's good. All right, because maybe we can dissect this one for five minutes. Uh, question four: Of all the players on the Celtics roster, whose room would you most want to crash in during this uh, during this bubble life? Like of all the like, and and I know there are some nicer rooms than others, right? From what I've heard, I think with with Tatum, Jalen, Kemba, and one other guy, I, oh Marcus Smart, I heard had the four best rooms in the on the team. Really? Yeah. Hayward's got to be like punching the wall. Yeah, and case. again, this isn't from a super solid, super solid source. I think I read it on Twitter, but um, <laughs> just knowing what you do about the personalities and all that, whose whose room are you are you wanting to share in uh, in NBA quarantine? Um, I'm I'm going with Jalen because. I believe that he would get one of the better rooms, number one. Um, even though he's not wearing his mask, which makes me nervous. I don't say, you better, watch, better wear a mask in there, man. I know. It makes me a little nervous. But I feel like Jalen will have packed a lot of books. I love books. I like reading books in my spare time. Um, I don't know how many of the other guys, no disrespect to any of them, are packing books. I saw that the NBA was like giving books to players with like a kind of like a care package when they got to their rooms and that's good yeah but book club or something yeah they they seemed uh i mean one of them was low-key a children's book and i don't know if the nba knew that or what the deal was so (laughs) which book give me a free plug um i'm blanking on the name but it was like it's so there's this book stamped from the beginning which is about uh like the history of racist tropes in the united states and they did like a remix version for children and they gave the remix version i saw cj mccollum posted the photo of it so i don't know if that's everyone or what the deal is but uh yeah i think that jalen would have books and i like i like books so um, I want to see what his little personal collection is, a little library, and uh, that would be a really awesome way to unwind. I'm picturing you guys sitting back to back with like, their, like the, the headband flashlights, <laughs> <laughs> drinking some tea and, and reading. That's nice. How about you, Biro? Yeah, so I'm going to you know, use what we've seen the last few months here uh, to influence my choice. I oh, you have to, I think... You have to go with someone, again, someone who has a good room here. We, Rich, you named those. And uh, you've got to go with the guy that's welcoming to his guests, and that <laughs> is Kemba Walker, who has not only uh, invited Grant Williams to stay with him down North Carolina, I believe uh, I've heard that Tremont Waters has stayed with him in Boston before they came down to the bubble in the last, uh, you know, during late June and early July. So uh, just on top of that, Kemba just seems just like a very – chill dude in general um not high maintenance you know will 
be social and happy to talk to you, but also is happy to chill with himself. So combine that with the bigger room situation and um, I'm, uh, I'm crashing with Kemba. And then there's the fact that Grant Williams went through quite a transformation living with Kemba. Like I, I think I, I could I could use I could probably uh, stand to lose about like seven eight pounds I think from from quarantine. Um, and if I can go in and get in like Kemba's workout plan and just live him and live that healthy life and, and come out a little bit skinnier, that'd be worth it. You got to consider, especially if Marcus does have uh, one of the better rooms, that maybe he I, I don't know did he take the antibody test because we know he had COVID. Yeah, I believe. He's he's donated some antibodies or um, plasma, right? Yeah, plasma exactly. Um, so far, oh, that that's a good point. You don't you're not gonna have to worry. A little bit less a, of a risk there. Yeah, sure. and then also Tatum keeps on uh, tweeting or Instagramming pictures of all the shit that he's being sent, like mm. just like massive like cases of Gatorade and uh, thing like Beats by Dre and and a few other things. So he looks like he has a pretty nice nicely stocked room. The only problem with that is that once they once they expand the the guests and you're going to have like a t- like a two year old in there that probably wouldn't be that sweet. Yeah, but he's he's staying in another room. They got a second room for the family. Yeah, well, that's probably true. Um, okay, so we're we're going to say that uh, Kemba Walker wins wins this one. Uh, next question is question <laughs> number five. Who is the least valuable member of the starting five? So let's let's say that there's one one guy of the stars. We're going to say Gordon Kemba. Tatum, Jalen, and Tice. Uh, you got to cross off one of them. It's like Survivor. You got to vote one out. Who are you, who are you voting out first, B-Rub? This is really tough because the my instincts say Tice, but then you're totally relying on small ball, which is a which is a big problem. Um, I'm doing it anyway because I feel like that is wow. I'm shocked the way. Yeah, I just think that's the way they're going to go in a lot of these tougher matchups in the East anyway. And uh, I, it's a very tough choice to make Tice. That's my guy. Um, but I, he's going to be piling up fouls in these tough matchups. And so I'd rather go for your five best guys, which, to be honest, we haven't seen much of this year. It's interesting because, you know, Pina, you and I both had Gordon on our list for for the worst signings, free agent signings of Danny Ainge's tenure. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm assuming that you're going to say Gordon. I am. Yeah, and it was a pretty easy easy choice for me. Um, yeah. You want to give your 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 thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it has less to do with what I think of Gordon as a player, and more to do with the rise that we've seen from Jalen, and just like how those guys overlap in skill sets a little bit now obviously gordon is a better playmaker and a passer and he just sees the court a little differently and they're not exactly prototypes of one another replicas of one another i should say but like yeah i i just think when you're kind of looking at all the pieces here kemba is really valuable for what he brings to the table tatum is like obviously not a question here uh, I like Jalen a lot for what he does on both ends and how m- much better he seems to be getting uh, in really small increments. And Tice, like, yeah, I, I, it's too valuable of a position. There's just a scarcity behind him. If you lose Tice, like, so you're starting Cantor, and then where do you go from there when you got to make substitutions? Like, is Grant Williams your backup five, and that's just like what you're doing? Is Shemi Ojale here to get big minutes? Like, 
You're, or you're going, you're putting smart in the lineup, and you're going with Fat Five. Yeah, um, in certain matchups, that could be really devastating. Like even, you know, we talk about the Sixers a lot, but if you're like the Raptors, they'll just play Gasol and Ibaka together, and they know how to do that, and they can play a Siakam at the three, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, what are we doing? So you just need size, I think. In basketball, did you guys know that size is important? Um, so I'm I'm I can't I can't <laughs> take there's, there's the title of this I podcast. I can't take Tice out. It's a great title. I can't take Tice out. Obviously, I think Gordon Hayward in a vacuum is a better player, a more valuable player. But for the purpose of this exercise, I gotta go with I gotta go with Gordon. Yeah, this exercise and this team, right? And and you throw on the fact that they're probably gonna be without Gordon for. Uh, at least a week or so during during the playoffs, um, they'll have to get get used to playing without him uh, for a really important time. But yeah, they're just when you got Tatum and and, and Jalen, two guys that can do so much of what Gordon does. And obviously, you know, he they're probably not as good. They're not as good a passer as Gordon is. They can't create as well as he can. Um, you know, they I don't know if they necessarily play off the ball as well as as he can. But I just think if you got to choose, you're going with Gordon, or I am at least. Follow-up question for you guys. Do If we see the Kemba that we saw in February and March, is Kemba the answer to that question? Um, Potentially. It depends on how bad he is offensively. and cause Or just having him out there to be a decoy, is that still... I don't think that wins is? you a playoff series. Um, I, I think, like, when you look at the negative draw of him on the defensive end, then it gets to be a legitimate conversation. Mm-hmm. And like, you might find yourself in situations as it is where Kemba is, you're doing offensive defensive substitutions at the end of games anyway. So yeah, I, I it, it again, it, yeah, it depends on like just how bad he is offensively, but it would have to be pretty bad. All right, guys, we're halfway through, so let me just say that there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for, com- for the upcoming matches this weekend. If you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, all the best props in the business. Uh, for instance, I saw a very, they have some disturbing props on whether or not certain players are going to test positive for COVID. Cool. What do you, how, <laughs> if that's not a, a microcosm of the world we're living in right now, what do you think the odds are that, that LeBron tests positive? There's just a 0% chance he's going to test positive. <laughs> right, even if he does. Yeah. Uh, it's only two to one. Uh, James Harden is, is 1.3 because I guess he has the proximity to Russ and, and all that. Anyways, uh, visit uh, betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus. Start playing today. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Um, a guy that we all hope, well, <laughs> I was just going to say a guy we all hope doesn't get COVID uh, as, as if there are that we, that we are rooting for. Um, Jason Tatum, question six. Is he uh, the second best player in the Eastern Conference? Gonna go ahead and say that that Giannis is probably the best player in the conference. Yeah, it's like the MVP of the league. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I think Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Siakam, you probably throw into that conversation. I don't know if I'm not really ready to put Ben Simmons in the conversation, but is uh, is Jason Tatum the second best player in the East? Uh, be up. 
If he plays like he did in the last two months, yes. I think it's a clear situation where I think probably in the month of February that, especially with Kemba out, he carried the Celtics to wins against a lot of lead opponents without with Kemba either on the sidelines or being a shell of himself and a lot of other injuries affecting the season lineup. So there are a few guys that can do it on a two-way basis like that, as he did during that stretch. And if it was simply a matter for him of getting that all-star berth and, you know, getting that monkey off his back, then that might be, I expect to kind of see the same guy, which is the second best player in the East right now. I, I love Jason Tatum a lot. And, you know, that performance against the Clippers, I think about like every 15 minutes when I'm awake and when I'm sleeping. But I gotta say that I can't just put him above Embiid yet. Um, Embiid is just such a ridiculous player. And you kind of like get on him a little bit because of the conditioning and because of uh, the fact that he his numbers were completely static this season despite coming off of a heartbreaking playoff loss in which you would think someone like that would be super motivated to just have a career year because he's not even like that old he's not even in his prime yet um so that's really disappointing but he's still like when he's engaged just there's no one who impacts the game defensively like he can and he's an automatic double team on offense like and teams just in today's league aren't built to stop someone like that so i think if you were to like poll gms and coaches around the league they would still say that Embiid is the second best player in the eastern conference but tatum i i think like at the end of all this there is an opportunity for tatum to be considered a top five two-way player in the world and that is pretty incredible maybe even higher than top five who knows um but right now heading into this bubble i'm still gonna go with mb as the second best player in the conference uh is jason tatum the second best golfer in the conference i saw (laughs) i saw Korkmaz try to swing a golf club and I gotta say, like I like Charles Barkley looked like Tiger Woods with that one. Like I, 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 one of the great things that has given me a lot of confidence in this dark time is watching NBA players try to <laughs> golf. I just want to say that because, like, the fact that I know I could beat, uh, like, I can't beat Steph. Uh, Kent Bazemore is extremely good. Andre Iguodala's handicap is like six or seven. What, what was yours in your prime? Um, I, it was 10, I would say, maybe. Wow. What, did you play for the golf team? Yeah, like? I played at North. Oh, I, I thought you said you were just playing, like, you played in high school. No. I Damn, played, okay. Yeah, I played for the Newton. What was the home, what was the home course there? Brayburn. For you guys, was it Brayburn? Yeah. Sure. Wow. Um. 10, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I haven't, I, I went out actually a little while ago when I was in Michigan, and it was like... I had some. I was driving it really well, but like the short game was trash. Um, but anyway, this is not a golf podcast. Um, <laughs> yet, but yet I, we could make it one. Um, but just seeing like NBA players uh, like just struggle so much with 
what is technically a sport and I am better than that um, makes me feel good. I don't even it's remember like what the question was. <laughs> is, is Jason Tatum the second best golfer? <laughs> um, sometimes seeing them uh, hit baseballs too. There's some really bad baseball swings among basketball players. Um, here we go. Uh, question number seven. Or did you answer the question? Did I? Yes. No. Uh, no, I didn't. We ran out of time. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he is. Like I said, I think that Embiid has the ability right now to to be the second most dominant player potentially in the league. Um, but I think I think there's a chance. You know, I think if Tatum, it's so weird because we're going to see how much because it really feels like this is going to be like an extra season for Tatum, right? Well, for so everybody, like the, right? Yeah, we're just talking about Tatum. But I think this is like the start of his fourth season. This was is this his third year? Is that yeah? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it feels like this is the start of his fourth season. So what we what we would have expected uh, uh, in this coming, you know, late October, early November, is kind of what I'm expecting once the bubble hits. Before, um, before real quick, before we move on, can I read Jason Tatum's post All Star break basic stats, please? Twenty. Yes, because it's strength of my case. Yes, yes they are ridiculous. Uh, I forgot how good they were. Uh, Twenty nine point nine points, seven point nine rebounds. 3.1 assists, shooting 47.2% from the field, 46.8% from the three-point line on 8.6 three-point attempts per game, <laughs> which, like, what is even happening? This is a nine-game sample size, by the way, um, <laughs> and 6.7 free-throw attempts per game. So just, like, that. those numbers are, like, what is even happening? He's incredible. That that plus that plus the assists because I mean again three 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 plus assists isn't anything to write home about but you know he averaged one point six as a rookie he averaged two point one his second year so like as that you know and, and again I mean remember he saw those he saw those traps uh, he's gonna he have to become a better passer because the defense is gonna be running at him but like as that continues to happen he becomes more of a team player and a complete player like yeah that's the guy we're talking about as 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 second to Giannis uh, question number seven. Uh, is Kemba Walker going to miss a playoff game due to his knee? And B-Rob, I want to go to you with that one. So what what do we know about the, the knee right now? There was no... The, 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 was there surgery in the offseason? No, the there is nothing... In the offseason? No, there is nothing beyond rest and rehab, which from people I talked to, obviously he wasn't able to do as much of as you'd want being alone by yourself in quarantine without all the amenities that the C's uh, practice facility would have provided but yeah so we talked to him two weeks ago before going down to Orlando he said you know it feels great you know I've been able to do a lot um so everyone's like okay good he's good to go here and then that turned into uh him taking it easy the first couple of days of practice which is like okay and then um now it's a strictly every other day workout period schedule for the C strength staff and that's Brad Stevens revealed that he had he had felt initial uh, soreness after his workouts in Boston um, in early July. So um, to answer the question, though, I would say no, because he's going to gut it out. But I ex- fully expect him to be, you know, a, sh- a shell of himself in a few of these playoff games because of the because of the knee since. Um, it's a situation, Mike, right now where they, especially since this is going to be the start of a 12-month grind, essentially, when you factor in next year and what's going to be a condensed schedule. And so it just seems like they're trying to 
keep as many miles off them as possible um, early on here because they know that it's not just this year. It's, you know, clearly going to matter for the long haul, too. Wait, so you think he won't miss a playoff game? No, I think I'll, you know, be grinding it out and not be effective so his minutes will be limited, but I don't expect him to miss. He'll definitely miss seeding games. I don't think he'll miss a playoff game. Do me. Uh, yeah, I think he'll miss both. I think there's, like, no doubt in my mind that they'll sit him out for the back-to-back. I think it's against the Nets um, in one of those eight games. And then, I don't know, I just, the odds are on him missing at least one game. And you would hope that that is in the first round, and you would hope that that is when Gordon is still around and that the team can kind of swallow. Maybe they have a series lead, a 3-1 or something like that, 2-0. And, you know, it's really interesting, just quick sidebar, like, now that I'm thinking about this, like, having a series lead is so weird now without home court. And, like, how does a team (laughs) come back? Like, what do you even look forward to if you're, like, down you're, 2-0 and you're like, well, they just smoked us twice and we're going to play on the same court? <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I think there are going to be a lot more sweeps and a lot more 4-1s than, than, we've used, than we're used to seeing. Like, you can't, like, you could always say, yeah, like, that team's a little worse, but they'll probably steal a game or two once they get home. Like, that's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but anyway. But, but for, you to, for you, when you say that you think that, that Kemba will, will miss one early... And it's it's tough because I guess it's like it depends on how much we know about this injury. But if he's missing them early, I wouldn't assume that it gets better. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Like it just makes it makes me think that if he's missing them in the, in the first round, that it's already an issue. Like it's not like he's going to build up strength in that knee. It means that it's already starting to to to, to keep him down. I don't know. If you took four months off, this is longer than an off season. That's what I'm thinking. And it's still hurting. Then I would imagine surgery is going to happen. So it's going to be what it is. And I know, B-Rob, you're saying him gutting it through. Sure, that's possible. But I could just see a situation where it was either untenable or it just was convenient for the Celtics to be like, we don't need to play this dude tonight. So we're organizationally going to make a decision and sit him out. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, override him in this situation and considering how extensive this investment is and over the next few years like it's a massive contract it's it's a massive contract and that salary cap is staying put or coming down so there's going to be a lot less maneuverability with him so if you lose him then you know you're really under the gun um, in terms of putting together a, a championship core so yeah, it's uh I'd say I'd guess he plays like four or five of the eight seeding games and then um if I'm Brad Stevens I try to like keep him around thirty minutes a game even the playoffs to start just to especially if you get an early round easy matchup where you don't need him those extra miles for which you are gonna need him for later in the in the rounds. Okay, question eight. Let's say the opposite of an easy matchup. Let's say somehow when the seedings uh, fall into place, that the 76ers and the Raptors are playing each other in the first round. Uh, the Celtics presumably playing the winner. Uh, who, if you're the Celtics, Wait, the who are you Sixers rooting? and the Raptors in the first round? Let's just say that that, that who, who, okay. who? <laughs> okay, I guess it's technically possible. Sure. Yeah, it could be. It could okay. be a six-three situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, who would you rather play if you're the Celtics, Philly or Toronto, or the opposite? 
who is a better matchup for the Celtics, the Sixers or the Raptors? Um, I kind of have a different answer for those two scenarios. Like, I would rather play, if we're talking about who would you rather play the winner of that series, I would rather play the Raptors because I feel like if Philly gets rolling downhill, they'll be, like, and they're confident, that could be a really tough team. So I would not want to play them if they were coming off a victory against the defending champions. Um, but at the same time, like, I think the Celtics are a better matchup today with Philly because Philly was pretty garbage when they were not at home. They have zero home games coming up. <laughs> they are moving their franchise point guard to a different position yeah. all of a sudden based on like yeah you know what this reminds me of mike do you remember last year when the celtics put aaron baines into the starting lineup at like game 80 78 or something like that mm-hmm. that is like they're moving around chairs on a sinking ship is Horford gonna play point guard now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this is I see your point in terms of like if the Sixers do get to, like if they have momentum after being Toronto, that's a big confidence boost. But I still think the the clear cut answer here for me is you would rather play Philly no matter what because not only do the parts not fit, like this is a team like if you're relying on Shake Milton and Alc Burks and Glenn Robinson the third, like or Mike Scott to play meaningful minutes, and a couple of those guys are going to have to in any series then, yeah, like, you want... I, I'll take chances with that. The Celtics have had their issues against the Sixers this year, but they have not been full strength in pretty much any of those games um, beyond opening night. And so with a level playing field, with no back-to-backs involved, with no home court involved, um, I'll, I'll take the Celtics over for that matchup. I think it would be nice to catch Toronto after they beat Philly, having to deal with that in a first-round series. Probably get a beat up, beat up Raptors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think I'd you know I think I'd rather play the Raptors. There's just something about the potential of that Philly team. I know it's it's crazy. We we talk about Embiid. Anyway, we don't we don't know who, who we're getting. I actually don't have that much faith that Embiid is going to be able to keep it together in the bubble. You know, it's 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 just so crazy to think. And I know at some point families are going to be there, and these guys aren't going to be completely by themselves. But you know, the idea that these guys are going to, and I know that's part of being on the road too, but. This, it's going to be different than a normal road situation. Like you can't go out after a game, you can't. Uh, you know, it's it's just different. You're you're stuck in Disney World. Um, I don't know how well he's going to be able to keep it together. But it also going to be so different without fans. There are so many variables. Like is is Embiid a guy that you that we think plays better with fans or, or worse? I think he definitely plays better with fans. I mean, look at the home court. Like, come on, versus away court advantage for uh he just he record, feeds off the crowd that, that's what he does yeah like right but i guess maybe the opposite way too like when when, when that maybe that's why they're bad in the road because he didn't deal well with opposing fans screaming that's at a good him. point do the other wild card in play here for the sixers how do we think al horford's gonna look coming out of this we know the four months off for like kemba clearly didn't help as much i do wonder if horford like he was dealing with a lot and i wonder if that will make him looking like the Horford of old, which could actually change things for them more than any of their lineup changes would. 
Well, what's his role now on the team? Like, is he is he starting? No, like as of now, no. But still, even having I mean having Horford come off the bench and run your offense in the second unit, and you know you can keep Embiid's minutes down like that. That's a and not have a huge drop off. That would be huge for them because that wasn't happening before. I don't know. It seems kind of like it doesn't seem very inspiring to think about Al in a, in a fanless gym coming off the bench just to <laughs> dispel Joel Embiid after everything that he did, all the fanfare with him coming to the Sixers. Like it doesn't seem like a winning formula necessarily, but um, we got to move on. Uh, question nine on a scale of one to 10, Michael Pina, uh, chances that the Celtics can beat the Bucks this year? I am saying five. Because that's really weak. That's like uh, <laughs> that's my like my coin flip number. Like I think I don't want to say the way I view it is like six would be I'm giving them higher odds than not of of winning than losing. You are you my mate? Am I just like sounding like a complete moron right now, or is everyone? No, I like me? no, I like this rationale. Okay, you like going. my logic. Um, and. Like I feel like five is a good fair number, and I keep coming back to like the fact that the favorites should not be considered favorites, and coming off four months off, you can't just say that the Bucks are just gonna be the juggernaut that they were because it just that's just not how basketball works, and that's and they, that, they they lose the most they, they they lost the one thing that they had over everybody home court and yeah exactly um and just like momentum and confidence and all that and chemistry and like i this also applies to the lakers by the way i feel the same way about them uh and they're actually like down players already but uh yeah i like i i just i thought that the celtics matched up pretty well against the bucks before all this and they would have a puncher's chance i don't want to say again i think if i say six then that means i'm putting the Celtics as a favorite in the matchup, which I don't think. So I'm just going to say they're an even split. Zero? Uh, I'm at a three. Wow. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, we're 10 is the, the best chance, correct? Yeah, yeah. 10 is. Yeah. Yeah. 10 10 is. And that's not saying 100%, but that just means that, like, Yeah, no. Well, yeah, like, but yeah, it's a three because of Kemba's knee. I would have gone closer to five where Mike settled at. Um but the way things have started with Kemba here, that's I think you're gonna need him to be pretty close to 100 percent to to take them down, and I just don't think the odds of that right now are, are great based on how they have to handle this knee right now. And so, you know, maybe he looks right in the first round, but is he gonna be able to sustain it playing every other night um, into September when you'd see Milwaukee presumably? Um, that is scary. So yeah, like well, like Mike said, in terms of you know the Bucks lost home court, they lost you know the it's a professional season, so I feel like all their advantages and their cohesion are gone to a degree. Um, the Kemba, they, they're healthy, and as of right now, the Celtics are not until we see it on the four. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say six, maybe even seven. I just, seven? I just th- Damn. Yeah, seven. and that doesn't mean I think there's a seventy percent chance that the Celtics win. That's just like my confidence level and their ability to beat the Bucks in a series. And I just think, again, I just think mentally, the Bucks are the biggest losers of the restart. Just as human beings, after all they went through, uh, to to you know to bounce back from where they were the year, the the year before, coming up just short, 
um, and just being pretty easily, without question, the the best team in the East. Like it wasn't even close mm-hmm. in the regular season. Um, and that was the only thing. How how are the Celtics ever going to go to Milwaukee and, and 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 win a series? I think that that's gone. I think now they just they lose a little bit of that. Like, and I know they still have Giannis, but they they had that sort of air of like uh, superiority. And I just think it's gone a little bit. You know, I just think that it just evens the playing field a lot more. And I think that like they're going to be coming down. I think the the Celtics were, and, and this is it, a lot of this has to do with Tatum as well. Is Tatum are Tatum and Jalen ready to maybe pick up a little bit of the slack that they might lose with Kemba not being at a hundred percent? But I tend to think that they both will be ready to do that. Um, and I mean, is is are Chris Middleton's powers against the Celtics going to carry over to Florida? I don't know about that. He's Superman. I have a, uh, I, have, it, I have a quick question that you just made me kind of think of, Rich. Yeah. Would you guys rather have going into this bubble or whatever, uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton or Tatum and Jalen Brown? I think Giannis and Middleton. Yeah, Giannis Middleton. Is that like that's a close. slam dunk? Close. Like easy answer for you, or would you do you have to like think about it a little bit? I didn't have to think about it very much, and, and like maybe next year I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Two years, but a lot more. But right now, I just think Giannis is just so far and away the best, and Middleton is is the perfect complement to that. You is know? this Middleton against the Celtics or Middleton against everyone else? Because <laughs> that that does change how quickly I think about it. And one thing I wanted to say, I think two guys, the, the two NBA players, are going to have the hardest time staying at Disney and not being able to experience Disney World are the Lopez twins. Like the chances of huge X factor being able to stay in their rooms and not go check out uh, Epcot um, and write It's a Small World once a day. That's going to be very difficult. Um, okay, question 10. Let's wrap it up. We're going to go for another uh, scale of 1 through 10 here. Uh, are they going to finish the season? Like we're gonna st- it seems like a pretty good chance that they're going to start things on uh, July 30th. They will have the first game. Whether or not Zion will be there after all the conversations we had about them manipulating the schedule to have Zion... Uh, uh, be the first game. Who knows if he's yeah, even going to be d- back in the bubble? ESPN schedule. The ESPN executives must be like knocking their head against the floor <laughs> right now after because he's not going to be back in time for that. Well, it, it's been. I mean, who knows? Like maybe if, if he's back, he could be uh, theoretically. Yeah, he could be back tomorrow. I guess right. Like in the but bubble. are you putting him in there if you're the Pelicans? If he like missed a week of of camp? Adam Silver know. is got like packed uzis to the dome of everyone who's standing <laughs> in his way dude no that's uh, you're you're playing good... zion if he's in the building that's not even a question so one <laughs> through ten are, are they finishing are they crowning a, an nba champion in october don't say um, five you know yeah i'm, I'm gonna go 5.1 um i'm gonna go eight whoa that they are hmm. um there's clearly some some uh variables in player that they're going to have to shut everything down but i think all parties involved are very motivated here from the players to the owners to the league itself and so barring some sort of um catastrophe inside the bubble um that's the only thing because clearly the things are really going badly outside the bubble in florida and that hasn't really impacted anything from how the, the the league's functioning so that's i feel like that Taking the outside world out of it um, makes the odds go up for at least for them finishing. Yeah, I, I've been increasingly thinking that they'll just like they're going to do this regardless of 
whatever's going on in the world. So I'm going to go, I guess, six and a half or seven maybe. And I think like I, I, I try to think of what circumstance it would take to actually for them to call this off. Because I think, honestly, if there was like an outbreak with the team, that they would just send the team home, which is what the MLS has done. Yeah, and they would Multiple they teams. would keep it moving, and so I don't. For the purpose of actually just playing basketball with all that was invested in putting this thing on, I it sounds so dark, but it would honestly take like a death for them to cancel it, and that's so messed up. But I honestly I can't think of. I don't think an outbreak will cause them within a team or even two teams at the same time would cause them to to stop this thing. So what happens if the outbreak happens during a playoff series? That team just forfeits the playoffs? I don't know, but I bet they have all these private contingencies plans in effect where that would something like that would happen. I don't know what they would do and I don't know how far they what their timeline is to push it back. I don't know how much they care about the Olympics in 2021, I guess it would be. Um or like what date they need to start the next season and how how much of an off season they want to have and the draft and all of that but yeah i just i I, they're not gonna just can't they're not gonna cancel this thing they're gonna figure out ways to keep it going crown a champion and get the hell out of there and then come back and figure out how to to do a a, a regular season and brutal a couple months after that well they'll be have a couple leagues to watch on that front to see how the MLB and NFL are trying to figure that crap out because it's I do not think it's going to be easy for for them um, but they'll at least have some trial and error there to look at yeah I'm going to say I'm going to say like a six too I'm not I, again it, it'll take a lot and whether it's it, as it takes as much as you maybe suggested like I don't know I mean or maybe it just takes a, a, a player need, needing to to be in the ICU who knows but it, it, it's just there are just so many I don't know. And to all these guys that already had it already, we don't know if if if, if we have antibodies. There, there's that guy uh, just recently on Instagram who went viral for saying he just tested. He got he got it again. I don't know if you guys saw that, um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say six. I said I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try. They're gonna do everything they can to get it to get it in because they need this money, apparently, um, and I think that's really the only reason. And uh, it's gonna take a, a catastrophe for for them to call it off. So let's all hope that they that that they finish. <laughs> um, all right, that's ten. Do you want to want to say something? We made it. Should we say something a little bit more uplifting to uh, to wrap things? Yeah. Up? Why did you have this be the last question? Because <laughs> well, clearly that's the. I mean, it makes sense. Like it should have been. It's either the first. It's either the first or the last question. All right. Last question. What's uh? What's the Celtics uh? Record in the seeding games. Rich, go. Uh, yeah, seven and one. Six and three. (laughs) Um, I'm going five and five. Um, (laughs) I'm going five and three. Um, wait, how many games are they playing? What did I say? They're playing. They're playing eight. You said six and three. Oh, okay. Sorry, this is like my fourth podcast in twenty minutes. Um, I'll say. Uh, what did you say? Five and three. Yes. You know, I didn't get to prepare for this question, so I don't want anyone <laughs> on my back about it. Um, I'm going to go two and five. Two and five? 
Is that yeah, also that bad math, or am I right? Yeah, yeah. yeah wait, two, five, and one? Sure. God damn it. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> Jamal Crawford's going to go for at least 60 in that Brooklyn game. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. I, yes, amen. Amen to Jamal Crawford. Do you want me to, I can't wait. That's a good thing to go out on. Jamal Crawford's back. Everyone yep. be happy. Um, I'm going to miss those uh, getting messages about why the Celtics aren't signing him. But <laughs> he'll be starting for the Nets, so... All right, well, we'll be back next week with an official uh, preview. Ahead of th- I want to say they start next week, but it's only scrimmages next week. So two more are weeks. Are they televising the preseason or whatever those games are? Yeah, I think they're televising most of the games. So we'll at least have some uh, games to react to by the time we get together next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, hit us up at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Stay safe.